You're listening to The Whole Testament, a podcast putting the Old and New Testaments back together. Jim returns to give us an extremely unique story this week in the next episode of the Summer Smorgasbord Series. If you have questions or want to continue the conversation, send us an email at thewholetestament at gmail.com or leave us a comment. We also depend on listeners like you to keep the conversation going, so take a moment and consider what it would look like to partner with us by visiting thewholetestament.com and clicking on the Donate tab. Okay, welcome to this summer smorgasbord. Uh, Pretty excited about today. Um, what we're going to do is a little bit different. Uh, so one of the things we talked about with the Summer Smorgasbord is not only breaking up a little bit the cycle of uh, appetizer, entree, and dessert, but also sort of the content format. And today, I'm going to read a story uh, for us all. So I hope you enjoy this. Uh, this is a story we wrote uh, many years ago, and um, look forward to sharing it with you. In the time before time, there was a kingdom whose people stood tall. Its were high and the walls were bright with hope and promise. In the great hall reigned the king, father of kings. His throne ruled supreme in all the lands. His subjects were free and his knights noble. The great hall sat at the center of the kingdom, majestic and high. It was a place of music and laughter and always light. Light not lit from torches or lamps, but light emanating, pulsing, filling the room. For in the great hall rested a creature, a creature so lovely, so beautiful and full of harmony that only the great hall would fit its stature. From end to end, it rested along the far wall. All who visited the king were welcomed by its presence, its light, its sound. The creature, a dragon of old, with its rhythm of breathing released a sound, a reverberation of perfect pitch that filled the room with a constant ebbing and flowing harmony. It lifted spirits, it carried laughter, it honored the king. Many would come to see the king and would awe at the glory of the great hall and wonder at the dragon. In the time before time, there stood a kingdom with hope News, news throughout the kingdom, a great excitement flowed like a mighty wave over the people. The king would have a son. Celebrations began, anticipation grew. The city lifted its head even higher as one by one the sons of men heard the news of the soon coming child. Visitors from far and wide came to see the king to congratulate. Day after day, they would parade in to bow and praise the king and talk of his child. No one noticed, no one seemed to care, no one but one, that in the corner with eyes that see sat a dragon. He could see the joy on the king's face. He could see the excitement in the eyes of the kingdom. He could see. Deep within him, something began to rumble. Deep within, a warm, rolling jealousy brewed. It heated him at night, It caused him to tremble at day. It grew, swelling, brewing, heating. 
His eyes began to narrow and darken as the joy of the hall was being shaped by the soon-coming child. And no longer, no longer him. That was it. And it consumed the dragon. In the time before time, there stood a kingdom whose child was born. From the high chambers of the kingdom came the familiar yet foreign sound of a woman bearing a child. It echoed down the long stone halls. It rang over the standards waving on the outer embattlement. It even came to the great hall. The servants of the king held their breath. All in the room grew tense with waiting. All but the dragon. Like a violent volcano bursting inside, he exploded with rage. He rose with a calculating and hateful gaze, his huge form headed across the room and up the steep, ever-winding stairs following the sounds of birth. In the time before time, there stood a kingdom at war. The king's guard stood ready, but unexpecting as the dragon burst into the room, lunging for the woman. With all the valor knights of the kingdom could possess, they charged to bring down this now vicious beast. The woman shrieked in horror as at her feet the dragon crouched, waiting to devour the child she was bearing. The knights fought the dragon. The dragon fought the knights. The very walls of the kingdom rocked with the force of rage and valor that collided in the high walls of the king. At a great while, and with fierce determination, the men of the king bound the dragon. Quickly, forcefully, he was drugged down the winding stairs, through the great hall, out of the city, and left on a desolate and barren mountainside. In the time before time, there was a son. The entire kingdom rejoiced, all the land rejoiced. A son has been born to the king. The great hall was once again filled with laughter. The walls of the city shone bright in the sun. The streets hummed with the joy of the people. In the time before time, there was darkness. The dragon did not forget. Neither did the rage in his belly cool. Deep within the mountain he hid in darkness, in silence, angry, hateful, alone. Slowly the light from his scales began to dim. Sharply the harmony of his breath was replaced with a deep guttural screech as he struggled to breathe under the weight of his own rage. With all that he was, the dragon focused his narrowed eyes on the kingdom of the king and the sons of men. This would not be the last of his battles, and in the dark he plotted, planned, and seethed with disgust. In the time before time, there was a prisoner. It was night. A man traveled the dusty road back to the great gate of the city. He was weary, for his trip had been long and the road hard. With the clip-clop of his mule, he dozed. Cold, hard, fast. He awoke to the screeching hiss of the dragon and felt his claws around his flesh as they flew higher and faster away from the castle walls. With brute force, the dragon went as deep as he had ever been into the blackness of the cave. 
this way, then that, he wound deeper and deeper into the dark. And there in the base of the mountain, he dropped his prey and wound his way back out. In the time before time, there were whispers. Days, weeks, months, years. The man could tell neither night nor day. Time stopped. Light was non-existent. Alone in the dark, he sat. He cried until tears were no more. Fumble as he might, he would never find his way out of the dark. He gave up. Then one night he heard a whisper. It was distant, it was low. His hopes rose. Maybe he would be rescued. The whisper drew closer and then in the dark, he heard it. Then it was silent again. Hope was crushed. Again and again in the blackness, the dragon would come and whisper, you're no good. Nobody cares about you. No one will ever save you. Over and over again, he would visit the man and hiss, you're no good. Nobody cares about you. No one will ever save you. For the man, there was nothing. No light, no escape, no hope. In the time before time, there was a return. As suddenly as the man had been taken, he was returned, dropped at night on a dark and deserted road. Weak, half blind, he stumbled to the walls of the kingdom. Dressed, warm, fed, and exhausted, he lied that night in his own bed. But still, even there, in the darkness of the night, he could hear the dragon whisper, you're no good. Nobody cares about you. No one will ever save you. He slept and awoke, but there was no light in his eyes. In the time before time, there was another. This time it was a woman drawing water from the spring she was taken. Then it was a boy chasing a goat. Then an old man napping in the shade. A girl singing, a lady cooking, a hunter hunting, a priest, a toddler, a cripple, a soldier, or a knight. One by one they were taken. One by one they were carried deeper and deeper into the darkness. One by one they were left alone. One by one they lost hope. One by one the dragon would whisper, you're no good. Nobody cares about you. No one will ever save you. And one by one, they were returned. In the time before time, a kingdom grew dim. The walls, it, it was gradual at first and few noticed and few cared, but the walls grew dim. The white shining glory they were began to fade. Moss and time slowly etched within them a dull gray. That was only the first. Throughout the city, the kingdom, it crept. A slow, soft, deadly decay. It was even felt in the hall of the great king. The king still ruled. The hall was still great. But rarely now was there laughter. Rarely now was there joy. Here too, light seemed distant. The kingdom grew dim. 
And here within the walls, here in safety, here in the rule of the king, there was a whisper in the dark hours of the night. To many a man, woman, even child, that whisper would come, you're no good. Nobody cares about you. No one will ever save you. In the time before time, there was still a son. The son noticed. The king noticed. This would be no more. Out of the hall, down the streets, beyond the walls, rode the son of the king. Most did not even pick up their gaze as he passed. Many shook their head and walked away, but the son kept riding. Through villages and valleys, crossing rivers and streams, up to the very foot of the mountain where lived the dragon. With no thought of himself and all thought of the kingdom, he climbed. Over many difficulties he climbed, to the very mouth of the lair he climbed. The clouds were dark, the sky held no light. There, dark, cold, alone, the son of the great king called into the blackness of the cave and summoned the fearsome dragon. This day, said he, you shall be no more. From the depths of the cave, a voice reached the dragon's ear. Could it be? Could it really be? All that had consumed the dragon rose hot to the surface. His time had come. Now would be his hour. Now he would once and forever crush the son of the king. Now he would reign. Now he would destroy the king, destroy the kingdom, and consume all the sons of man. His time had come. The mountain shook with his might. He flew out of the cave with such force that the king's son was stricken to the ground. Yet he rose. The dragon whirled his tail again, striking the sun to the ground. Blood flowed. Yet he rose. The dragon hissed and hurled insults at the sun, and the heat of his breath threw the prince to the ground. Yet he rose. His powerful claws snapped into a tree that fell, striking the sun on the head. Yet he rose. Finally, with all the fury years of rage can ignite, the dragon lunged at the sun. Pinning him to the ground, the dragon panted with glee at this his finest hour. Now he would destroy the sun with a final and mortal blow. the sun lie motionless, there in the belly of the beast. There, a small, unsuspecting hole in the dragon's armor. There, the sun thrust his shiny blade deep into the bowels of the great beast, that dragon of old, and down he fell. Yet the sun rose. In the time before time, there stood a kingdom, free. The sun, fresh from the destruction of the tormentor, the dragon, rode past the gates of the kingdom. Its walls once again beamed bright in the light of a risen sun. Through the streets to the great hall of the king he rode. There he sat down at the king's side. There was laughter and joy and music in the great hall. The dragon was slain and the son of the king alive. Yet, in the dark, 
when all rest quietly upon their bed, there remained a whisper. You're no good. Nobody cares about you. No one will ever save you. In the time since time, there is a kingdom whose people are we. This story uh, we wrote years and years ago draws inspiration from Revelation 12. And I want to read that for us now. So, uh, Revelation 12. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with sun, with moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne, and the woman was fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice you heavens and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you he is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Verse 13, when the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness where she would be taken care of for a time, times and half a time out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth, the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. Those who keep the commandments of God and hold fast to the testimony of Yeshua, Jesus. So here in Revelation 12 at the end of our scripture, uh, we have a recounting of something that has, has taken place in the time before time. When Satan is in the garden at the very beginning of our scripture with Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava, and he tempts them away from God, this is part of his waging war. The scripture tells us here that there's been a mighty battle in heaven, that the dragon, the serpent of old, has come down to earth to wage war against the children of men, against you against me. 
And part of that war, part of that waging war, is if he can destroy us from the inside out, then he can get to God. This dragon, the serpent of old, today whispers, you're no good. Nobody cares about you. No one will ever save you. In the light of this, I want to read Romans chapter 8, verse 31, something probably most are familiar with, a verse section of scripture we hear a lot, but I want us to hear it in light of this story, this Revelation 12 and the story in, in the time before time. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Yeshua Messiah, Christ Jesus, who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The truth is, the enemy is whispering to our souls in the darkness of the night when we lie still in our bed, when we're at our jobs or with our families or even with our congregation or our church. The enemy is trying to whisper to us, you're no good. Nobody cares about you. No one will ever save you what we have to realize is it's a lie the savior did come the savior did challenge the serpent of old the savior of the world the son of the king who sits at the right hand of god on high drew his sword and slew the dragon of old he and he alone rose from that battle and sits at the right hand of God, interceding for us. We need to know and understand. I, I need to know and understand that the Messiah sees me worthy enough to go rescue. When the enemy had dragged me into the deep, deep dark and whispered to myself, son of the king rose he defeated the enemy he rose and he reigns there is nothing that can separate us from that love and through that we are more than conquerors don't believe the lie you are valuable you have worth you are cared for the Messiah, God himself, cares about you. And you have been saved. Salvation is there. 
The hero came and rose victorious. We just have to believe it, accept it, and go back to the walls of the kingdom. Avina Malkano, our father and king, I just pray for us all today. The enemy is so um, persistent with his messages of failure, with his messages of loneliness, with his messages of brokenness, with his messages of destruction upon our lives. I just pray now that uh, through this story that you will help us to open our eyes, help, help those whispers to be deafened. Help us to hear instead the words of the King that says, you are glorious, you are chosen, you are loved, you are mine. You are worth sending my son, the prince, the one and only son, to go battle that dragon, to rescue you from the dark, to bring you into a kingdom of light. Help us to hear those truths. Help us to embrace who we are in you. And for those who maybe are in the depths of the cave, who might hear this, help them to hear the call of the Savior. Help them to see the light and to climb up out of that darkness with him. Hashem Yeshua HaMashiach, it's in the name of Jesus the Messiah, our Savior, he who rose, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Whole Testament. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. So share the show with your friends and family and be sure to leave a rating and review. You can also find us on all the socials by searching at The Whole Testament. All of our episodes are available at our website, and you can listen to them by heading over to thewholetestament.com. The Whole Testament is supported by people like you. To help us continue the conversation, head to thewholetestament.com and click on the Donate tab. We'll see you next time.